Live from the Summit in Phoenix, Arizona, the Corps presents Sales Training Bootcamp with Mike Wood and Jeremy Larkin. Today's topic, the buyer presentation. How many lenders I got in here, Sonny? Lender, show of hands. Nice. Cool. Right on. Where do, where do lenders want to learn in this class? Psychology of a real estate agent as it relates to a buyer. You know it's crazy up in these heads. <laughs> like you don't want to get up there. Even my wife's like, don't share. Don't share. It's okay. Okay. I like that. Anybody else? How about, how about real estate agents? What are we looking for right here? Oh, Eric's got you. Look at this. Here it comes. And the microphone's going to work this time. I'm looking, oh, Jesus, loud. So I'm looking for additional items. I have a buyer packet that I present to new buyers now, and I just want to see additional items that I could add to that that's more informative, um, particularly because of the way that the market has adjusted. Ooh. Hi, Russ. I love, I love the, is there something they should know now that they didn't need to know? Like maybe we do inspections? Right. <laughs> Sorry, that's a joke. I will joke. Is any, anybody have a problem with me making jokes as we do this? We good? Okay. Uh, I'll just make a quick comment. I'm glad that lenders are in here and it's not just realtors. So I just, I would like to hear your feedback as well and your questions um, yeah. just and, and how we can work together. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, uh, I'm kind of going to talk through the psychology of what our process, at least my process looks like. Um, and then uh, you guys, and I'm big about pushing the lenders. So we're going to talk about that as well and making sure we're pushing our lenders. So we'll talk about that during our uh, our talk here, but and we're on page sixty-two. Yes. So, anyways, guys, honored to be up here today. I, I love the fact it's a little more intimate room. Uh, I know Mike and I have got a lot of information and tactics to share with you. But before I introduce Mike, and I know everybody knows Mike, but before no. I introduce Mike, I'm going to just share a quick little story. Think back to my first my first year in real estate was two thousand six. So I've been a realtor for sixteen years now, and you know, back in two thousand six, two thousand seven, pretty much if you had a heartbeat. You could buy buy real estate, right? It didn't matter what interest rate was. Yeah, I mean, you know, stated income, no doc loans, all that good stuff, right? And then I got hit really hard in 2008. Okay, only reason I'm bringing this up, and I was super passionate about wanting to coach this class, this class in particular, because where my business made big turn was once I realized that when 2008 hit, you know, I didn't have any value. You know, I didn't know what my value was. I didn't have a process. I didn't know what my process was. I didn't have a script. I didn't have structure. So what I'm hoping you guys take away from this, because I, you know, I don't think this is anything like 2008 by any stretch of the imagination, okay? Oh, yes it is. But however, I mean, uh, <laughs> Mike and I have differing We'll get into that. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, I just want to make sure you guys walk away from this class today with three, four, five really good tactics, right? And if you don't, and maybe you probably have a presentation of some sort. I see some guys in this room that know have been around a while. If you have a presentation, maybe I'm going to give you some tactics to help tweak that presentation a little bit, make it a little bit better. I know Mike's got some great tactics, I got some great tactics. But before I get started, before I turn it over to Mike, I'm going to share a story about Mike. So I, I became a coach about two years ago, and I've always, I've always loved Mike. I mean, he coached me years ago, great coach, really enjoyed him being my coach. And then, you know, it's like, okay, when you become a new coach, it's like, you know, you're the low man on the totem pole, right? It's like you got all these monsters, and all of a sudden you're, in the, so you're playing the same, you know, ballpark as these guys, right? And I want to give Mike a lot of credit because I remember when I went to the first uh, coaching retreat, Mike and his wife Summer, who's a beautiful person, man, she's really awesome, man, they really opened up their arms to me, made me feel very welcomed. 
And I'm always grateful for Mike for that. I think he's a great guy. So I'm going to turn it over to Mike Wood. Jeremy's, Jeremy's right. My wife is an awesome person. She is. <laughs> for those of you that met her, you're like, oh, I thought it was a joke. And like, no, it's not really a joke. It's for real. Um, one of these days, she'll just come here and teach. And she's like, you talk too much anyway. All right, so I, I'm a real estate agent in Reno, Nevada. I started my career in 2005. Um, I made my career in 2008, 9, 10, 11. And I did it on the opposite side. I did it on the listing side for short sales. So what I did was I found people that, that were in trouble because these buyers were not purchasing their homes and got them from a place of being uh, fearful and, and scared to a place of safety. So I would help them through the short sale process. Um, I built that business. Um, here's the thing. If you help somebody fix a problem, they will gladly share you with other people that have the same problem. So I learned the power of the triangle of trust, direct referrals, all of those things early on in my career. Thank goodness, even though I came into the market in probably the worst time. 2005 was like, I listed a house at 795,000 my first month. It actually took 45 days to close. I know. I was like, "Whoa, what's going on here?" Um, and then all of a sudden, it all it all went away. Um, the showing stopped. The the buyer demand stopped. Would you guys like for us to simply share the presentation from the raising the hand to the closing, um, or would you like a little bit extra of these are the conversations we're having now with buyers? to kind of take away their fear. The second one? Okay, so, so let's do this. Um, Jeremy's, my listing presentation is extremely easy. Um, I'm sorry, not listing presentation. My buyer presentation's in here. Uh, my goal, my, my RP2's goal, is to, at the initial contact, set up an appointment. That's number one, it's an appointment. And it's either you asked about 123 Main Street, when are you available to see 123 Main Street, right? So appointment, and then we go with, with the location, which is you're asking about 123 Main Street. When can we meet there? If I have other homes in that area that are similar criteria, would you like to see those also? Now, if that appointment doesn't happen in a listing, I want it at my office. Make sense? They get to see it's a professional office, very nice, people, it's, it's a great atmosphere, there's a wonderful coffee shop across the, the parking lot, they can go, they can hang out. The goal is to get them face to face, not Zoom, not telephone, not group text, not WhatsApp. It's WhatsApp, of course. Yeah, trust me, everybody, all, all of them are soliciting right now, all of you guys get all of those, those texts of fake buyers where they try to get you on WhatsApp, don't go on WhatsApp, just so you know, it's, they're bad people. Uh, we want to get them face to face, we want to build rapport, and we want to ask them questions. Those questions are in my forms, you'll find it. We have the All About You form, um, I've got the We Need Your Help form in there. We have an honor form, and the honor form simply lays out, this is what we're going to do for you. These are the things we expect you to do for us. They sign it. If I want to go a little bit deeper, um, in my state it's a duties owed form, and it says if you're going to be my client, these are the things I have to do for you per state law. These are the things, you know, I, I can't, 
disclose confidential information, things like that. So we do that. That has nothing to do with the conversations that are happening right now. But what I'm going to do, Jeremy's guys, the scripting's incredible. It's in the book. We're going to go over it for the next little bit. Then we'll talk about pricing conversations. And then we're going to, hopefully you guys have questions. Because I, I think that's where the meat and potatoes is, is you saying, hey, what about this? What about this? Cool. So Jeremy's going to give you exactly what it is they do, how they do it, and how you can simply take it place it into your business and duplicate it. So Mike has a slightly different process than I have. Okay, so I will tell you any phone call or any buyer presentation meeting I have, my expectation is for it to be at my office. All right, so if you look at my scripts, I have a phone call script and I have an in-person script. Now, I have decided, or my team has decided, that we only want buyers that fit within a certain box. Okay, because how many, hey, how many, show of hands, how many people have worked with that buyer? It's been a total pain in the butt, right? You regretted taking that buyer, they wasted a bunch of time, right? We've all been there, right? It's because we don't do a good job of vetting some of these folks. So I made a decision that in order for me to work with a buyer, they have to come meet me face to face first. You're not going to close somebody on the phone, but you will have a better, much higher percentage chance of doing business with somebody if we get face to face with them. So that's big for me. So I'm a big believer in that. So, my question to you guys, and maybe just take a couple seconds around the table and work with yourself, is what, what does your box look like? Like, what does your perfect client look like? And I want to hear some, I want to hear some traits about what that perfect buyer looks like for you guys. Okay? Ooh, Sound good? Dude, that, if you want to do, like, the biggest table work ever, it's fine. we can simply nail, like, I have three criteria uh, for, for a perfect buyer. They, they have to have the ability to do it, right? They have to actually have an ownership in the home. I don't want it to be, well, it's my buddy Jeremy's home, but I'm going to interview you. No, I, that's it. I'm sorry, on the listing side. But on the buyer side, you got to be pre-approved. you got to have cash. I, I want to see it, right? I'm going to send you to my lender if you haven't. And I may not ask for it at the very first appointment. But by the time we're done with that first appointment, you're either on your way to talk to Sonny to get a pre-approval, or you've already proved to me that you've got it, you've got cash, right? So they've got to have a sense of urgency, mm. so they've got the ability to purchase, and I've got a timeline. And it could be six or nine months, I'm okay with that. Like I, we're working with buyers right now that are, they're, they're gonna buy in January, February, because I've already had the conversation of the falling knife and the fact that you have to catch it before it hits the ground if you really wanna get it, because when it hits the ground, every, all of the mice come in and they take the cheese and you're gonna get outbid again. So. They've, they've got to want to get it done fairly soon. Within yep. six months is my, is my thing. Um, they've got to have the ability. And then the third thing is, is that they have to play by my rules. And, th and that means I don't want you texting me. Kat, you can text me. But I don't want you texting me at 930 at night uh, about a house. You know, don't, or you can text me, but don't ex expect a response. Right? Don't, don't run me over. Don't beat me up. Don't try to take my money. Don't don't treat me less than I will be treated, right? So if I've got those three, I'm okay. You guys each have a criteria. There's something where you say, that's my guy, right? So you should be thinking of it right now while I'm talking. And we're going to start right here, right when you take the drink of water. So give me one characteristic. Oh, actually, Eric's going to follow you with the microphone. Face-to-face -face is a big one for us, especially on the on the buyer side, like very quickly getting that meeting. They're, they're willing to meet with yes. you. Yes. 
Okay. I like that. And if you guys want to just pass the microphone. I believe just like you said, the sense of urgency. Some of the clients, they want to buy a house, but they don't want to make the appointment. Or whenever they do, they will have to reschedule. So I think that's, for me, one, one of the biggest ones. No, and, and I'm totally okay with, hey, I get transferred in May. It's okay, Alex. You can take one. Okay. I, I get transferred in May. We need to start looking in March. Yeah, I think there's no sale without urgency, period. Either you have to find that. If, you don't, they, if, you, if they do not know what the urgency is, you've got to help them find that urgency. That's right. when you, you ask the first question. Correct. And then you follow up with the second question and the third. Yep. Alex? I think um, no more than uh, 40 miles, 50 miles around my area. Okay. Okay. Boundaries. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I talk a lot about hours, what my hours are. Um, I, I tell people, I'm like, I'm at a 7-Eleven. You can't blow me up at 11 o'clock at night. I have kids, bath time, all of that, and so I nip that right in the beginning. Okay. Is it okay if I use the word boundaries? Perfect. Okay. My wife taught me that. <laughs> <laughs> that, they're, that they're willing to take my professional guidance. Oh, yes. I love yes. that. Uh, they, they will listen. Yep. Go, Colin. Yeah, I mean, geographics, same with me. It's like I want it to be somewhere where I'm a hyper-local expert. Um, so. Yeah, it, it, I live in Houston, right? So the greater Houston area is like, you know, 200 miles wide. I'm not going to go to the south side of Houston, right? So I have, I have defined boundaries well. I like that. Yeah, our traffic can take like two yeah, hours. Exactly. Uh, I haven't done as much buyers um, overall, and so we kind of coined something that where we made it more of an adventure. And so... The adventure has to make sense. And so on the first meeting, I'll actually kind of talk about being their guide and kind of make it like a fun adventure to where I'm like, okay, tell me what it is you're trying to accomplish. If the adventure is not there and you can tell that there's like no wind in the sails and it's literally, we just, we just kind of want to change and we don't know why, but we're just tired of our home. And this, it's like, this isn't the adventure. I, and there's a lot of times where I'm like, I'm not passionate about it. You're not passionate about it. This is going to be no fun. And I've turned people away before to saying, I don't see it. And yeah. I think you guys are probably best to stay in your own home because here's the cost of sale. Here's what you're going to encounter. Maybe you need a kitchen remodel, you know, kind of thing. But right. if you get a buyer, like the perfect buyer is the one that literally comes to you and says, this is the adventure. Our family's been saving. We're so excited. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And I'll do anything for that buyer. But the adventure is not real. I'm, yeah. I'm not there. Yeah. They, they buy into the story. I like that. All right, Blake. I would say that uh, they they value our professional advice and then also their relationship oriented that they can refer us with value. Oh, I like that. In the future. Yeah. And I'll add to that and to the listen uh, that you wrote there. They must be realistic and coachable. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That's. I was trying to come up with a word, but coachable, so the, for the relationship. What was? Sorry, that's what I forgot. What you mean. Realistic, Realistic expectations. Responsive. Responsive. That's good. That's right. <laughs> that's uh, for lenders, I think uh, having the good credit score, 660 credit score. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that goes back to having the ability, right? Ability, yeah. yeah. Minor on there. You don't have anything extra? You come on, a little sauce. Little, little. I just encourage that they... Um, we connect on social media, and on any points where there's a 10 out of 10, I do a scale system, that they promote that on their pages. Hmm. That's, you know. It's not a requirement, but I, I 
No, I never thought about it, though. I never thought about it going the other way. It's, in my opinion, it's difficult to get people to advertise that they're doing something with a real estate agent because they all know five or ten of them and they're afraid they're going to upset their other one. So I like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, appreciative and respectful of what we do and of our team as a whole. Love it. Yeah, you took my number one away, Russ. I was going to say that. I need to feel appreciated. That's like my pet peeve. If I don't feel like I'm appreciated, then I don't, I don't want to work with them. Yeah. I love the respectful one, too. Yeah. Michael? Uh, piggyback a lot of those, the realistic, the listening. I mean, I, I feel like right now there's a lot of strife over whether it's, you know, buyers expecting lower prices, buyers not adapting to the new payments, and just trying to create a reality that's not there. Right. Yeah. Darren? Yeah, it's hard to add to that list, but uh, you know, I know that I have a price point that I basically won't work below, and then I anything outside of that, I usually hand off to my showing agent. Great one, dude. Yeah, or, in in my case, uh, land. I mean, the, my land is so cheap that I'm like, I'm not driving 45 minutes for yeah. for an eight thousand dollar parcel. Yeah, totally understand. So, what I want to encourage with you guys. And I use this in my personal life as well. And if you've been coached by me, I know I've said this to you guys, but I got coached on this a long time ago about having my three non-negotiables. Or having non-negotiables not just in my personal life, but also in my business. And I, this, and I understand we're all at different places in our career, but you know, for me, like, I find that if I ever break my non-negotiables, right, whatever those are, whether it's my personal life or my business life, it's always a miserable experience for me, right? So. I've become very disciplined that if you guys don't fit into that, that's why the point I want to get across is about the, you know, does this person fit into your box? If they don't fit in your box, you probably shouldn't waste your time. It's probably not going to be a good transaction for them or for you. Right? Cool. Cool. Well, let's, let's talk about your call scripts. All right. Well, so if you turn to page 20, uh, sorry, 62, I have my call script. So this is the initial contact script that whether myself or one of my team members executes. And the whole point of the script, a couple of things. Number one, obviously we want to get that face-to-face -face appointment. That's my number one goal is to get that face-to-face -face appointment. Also, I want to know what, I want trying to find their pain. Like Rick, Rick talked about it today on the main stage about, you know, asking those questions two or three levels deep. Like, so what, so the whole point of when we're running through this script, I'm asking about, okay, like what are the three, you know, what three characteristics you're looking for in a house? I'm, you know, I'm trying to figure out, okay, well, you want a big backyard. Well, how would that big backyard change your life? Love it. Or how about how moving, you know, 10 miles closer to work? How would that change your life? You get more time with your kids, you know, like really tugging on their heartstrings, their emotion strings to figure out why they really want to make this move. If you keep your, if you keep your questions at surface level, you're not going to get deep enough with these people and they're not going to connect with you. So I, I feel this is something we've done a really good job of over the years. Mike, I mean, I'm on a coaching call with Mike. He, see, he sees it. I mean, why are yeah. section two is ridiculous? Yeah, crazy. And... You know, but, but we're doing, we go over the top to make sure we connect with this person that's on the phone. Now, we don't get every single one. You know, some people are, they're, they're, actually, there's a lot of times they get hung up on. Okay, you know, like, why are you guys asking so many questions? Well, you know, if that's ever their attitude, well, we don't want to work with them. So that's okay. Right? So that, again, it goes back to having those non-negotiables of who you want to work with. I love that. Well, and you're really, when somebody asks you questions about what it is you want, where is your pain? What it really you typically conveys to them is that you actually care, that you're right. interested, that, that you're engaged. And when you do that, 
they typically reciprocate. And what, what we have found is that that initial contact, especially on ad leads, their guard is up. Yep. I mean, they're, they're like, are you the listing agent? I love that question. Yeah. <laughs> All I want to know is, what's the depth of the backyard? Don't try to sell me anything. Don't try to get me in front, you know, all of that. So a lot of this scripting, and it's because us, the, if you're in this room, you're probably pretty adept at thinking on your feet and knowing your scripts and understanding pain points and asking the right questions, going deeper, disk profiles, all of that stuff. But the fact of the matter is, is you ask questions to find your leverage yep. because you will need it later on. Why do you need it, Mike? Because when, when, when it comes time to close, you circle back to that pain, and that's, re that's the reason why they get in front of you. When you're closing, like, well, you told me that, you know, if I moved you 10 miles, or you're 10 miles closer to your work, it would change, or you'd have so much more time with your kids. Like, how would that make you feel? How would that make you feel spending that you know, extra 20 minutes with your kids every day? Like, really tug about it. It's, it's used for closing tactics. I mean, I, I will tell you, you know, going back to where I made a big jump in my business, you know, I had zero sales skills. And I'll tell you right now, like, you know, we were, we've been order takers for the last two years. For the most part, we've been order takers for the last two years. Now we actually have to shine. We have to, we have to polish up our, our sales tactics. And that's what a lot of this is about for me today. And everything, everything in this script is tactical. There's a tactic behind it. It's tactical to get information. And if, how many, by a show of hands, how many of you have uh, a team larger than, let, let's say, two buyer agents? One, two, okay, so three, yeah. Okay, so you guys are doing the majority of this. Do you guys all ha handle the initial lead, I mean, like, like the very first phone call? No? No. No? Okay, yeah. You have an RP1 that does it, Darren? No, my team doesn't suck at this, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> well, here, you could literally take this script, put in your own words, and give it to them. That's right. And, and, that's, and that's why it's there, yes. because most of them suck at it. And That's if right. they didn't suck at it, then they would be us. And I'll tell you guys. It's a like, give and take. I'm sorry, but I didn't no, step on you. But, you know, speaking to what you're talking about, like I practice the script with my team two times a week. So I have, a, I have a sales meeting with my sales team every Monday and every Friday. We're going over leads. I'm going over the, so my Monday meeting is about my leads from the previous week. My Friday meeting is about leads that are, you know, hot engaged. They're in the car. Like these are the next people to buy. And then, so we'll spend about I love that. 45, minutes, 45 <laughs> minutes to an hour on that. And then we go right into script trading every single time. No questions asked. That's, so that's the only way you get better at this is practice. And I will tell you, like, when they first start, they're bad at it. Okay, I mean, listen, I'm sure I was bad at it too at one point, you know what I mean? But I'm, so you have to be okay with, this, these are coaching moments, these are leadership moments for you to correct your team. It's, you don't need to show your value to your team. So that's, I think practicing it is incredibly important. I know we, and I know we've been like preaching that for years. I hear Rick say it a lot. I really took it very serious the last couple of years, uh, over the last couple of years. It's been a game changer for me. Game changer. Hey, let me ask you, what time do you do that meeting on, on Friday? Uh, 9.30 it starts. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to copy that. Because we don't do, we do Monday, but we don't do Friday. I love the fact that you guys just go over hot leads. Who's going now? Like, right. what, I, what do I have going on this weekend? Who's doing all or the if I picked up so, and, so, you know, if I picked up some new listings and there's maybe some off-market deal that I could put together because of what, what the buyers they have in the car based on the listings I got for the week, yeah. then we're having those conversations. I so. love that. Plus, it gets prepped for the weekend. That's right. Okay. All right. 
Now, I don't, I don't want to beat up the initial contact to death because I really want to think the art is in selling is that face-to-face -face meeting. I figure we'll talk about that a little bit. Sound good? All right. So, turn to page 64. Anything else you want to add to initial contact, Mike? You good? Anything else you want to add? Mm -mm. I didn't think of it. Okay. All right. Like I said earlier, to me, I think the face-to-face -face meeting, it's like if you get them in your office, you have probably about an 80% chance of closing these guys at this point. If, they, if they've taken time to come up now, actually what I did want to share, I did miss something. I did too, so yep. you do yours first. Okay, thing. so now the question is, okay, so you've got these people on the phone and you want to get them into your office, but they, they're giving you pushback, right? So this is the other thing I want to do with the table work is what's the value of them coming to the office? Ooh, that's a good one. Right, so what is the value to them for them to come into the office and meet with you. And I share some of mine. So like when my, when my um, RP, well, they're technically RP2s. When my RP2s get in trouble, they can refer down to that list. So if it's like, oh, I just don't have time to do it. Well, do you think it makes a whole lot of sense to go out, out there and go look at this house? You don't really have a plan. You're not pre-approved. Is that not wasting time? It's like, so the whole point of meeting is, so is to sit down. We're gonna, we're gonna save a lot of time. We're gonna put a plan together. Bam, right? So. Want to go around the room one more time with the value, or do you want to just? Well, I, the one thing I wanted to add was, I, I love at the at the initial anybody referred in when Rick introduced the triangle of trust. Yes, I, I just that to me was a game changer. I like them in the office because I can use the wealth accumulator. I can I yeah, can show them I can show them how I have a professional yep. office. I love getting a little pushback because the fact of the matter is is hey look you can you can call any I got forty eight hundred agents in my town and I'm sure forty seven hundred and five of them would love to go meet you at a house. Um, half of them are going to require to see your pre approval or your cash first. Um, another half of those aren't going to be available for two or three days. Listen, I help people buy homes. If, if that's what you'd like to do, then I would love to take great care of you. However, I have a process. It goes back to play by my rules. I have a process. I have been extremely successful. In fact, I have the highest closing rate. You, know, you throw in whatever your little salt is. But we, we really need to sit down. I need 15 to 30 minutes. And we need to, to map this out. So if we have the plan and you trust me, I need you in the office for 15 minutes. When would be a good day for you? Yep. I promise you and or your RP2s, whoever's running this script, you're going to have a much higher success rate if you run the script. Even if you butcher it, just run the script. Well, and, and make it your own, right? Yeah, make it your own, You course. do it enough times, all but of a sudden. So, so, but so, so here's, here's a little pushback I get, right? So we, we get this a lot. It's like, okay, well, um, you know, can't you just have this presentation? Can we just do this at the house? And I'm like, well, Sarah, you're probably a lot like me. I mean, I'm probably not going to buy the first house I look at, correct? So what are you going to do if you don't like that house? All right, so let's, let's put a plan together now that we go out and go look three or four houses. Sure, or we can go look at that house yep. at, at four, but meet me at the office at 3.30. Or let me ask you this, you, do you currently own a home? Are you going right. to sell this home? Why don't we meet at your home? Cool, I can bring a CMA. I'll even bring the listing agreement if you want to fill it out right then. And so there are a number of opportunities. What you have to do is you have to practice, you guys not so much because you've been doing it enough, but you have to have a, a, a bunch of um, bullets in your gun, depending on the situation, depending on the person, depending on uh, what their time frame is, what their sense of urgency is. But this all comes down to asking really good questions. No. Speaking of questions. Yeah. 
So I have a question on the um, office and office meetings because we haven't been doing that, at least not for our buyers. But we do meet them at a home that they want to see, yep. and we generally um, schedule additional homes even though they haven't asked for them, just to have more time to build that rapport. Yep. So I guess my question for you is if you, because sometimes we'll get someone who comes through on Zillow and they want to see a specific home and yep, we want to exactly. make sure we get them out there as soon as possible before someone else swoops in, because as you said, they know you know four or five other agents. So my question to you is when you have them, do, do you have them come into the office and then after that, have the home scheduled so that after your meeting, then you guys go out and look at the homes or do you do those as separate um, separate appointments. That's, that's as as you are speaking. I am thinking, I could do that. I could do that. We had always said, it, it, it's a number of ways. I think I'm going to buy a home. I'm interested in purchasing a home. Cool. Come into the office. Add lead specific to a particular house. When would you like to see it? I'll meet you there. I, I, I and some of my agents are good enough to build rapport. They understand the steps. Now, if you're going to meet them at the house, you have two options. One is, I got this one chance with them. I'm also going to go show them the three other homes that are fairly similar. And then what time, what day would be good for you? If I had other homes in the area, would you like to see those also? Cool. We'll go. Or if you want to you go the optional route, and you really want to solidify the relationship, because you could still be one and done after showing all four of those homes. But if I meet them at the first house, and then as we're leaving, I go, you know, tell you what, it sounds to me like this one's not working for you. You love the area, correct? Question, question, question. Let's do this. When's your next day off? Okay, could, could you block out maybe an hour and a half for me? And we'll meet up. I'll get three or four more houses. In fact, I'll email you a bunch and we can pick them out. But the only thing I ask is that we meet at my office and then we just game plan so that I have all, when we write the offer, I want to make sure that we have everything we need because I, I want you to put your best foot forward. And it's, I, I, in 15 minutes, I can tell that I like you. Are you comfortable with me? Real quick, so let's just, let's share let's share amongst, let's, let's share amongst us real quick. Like what what would be your like what would be somebody just name a value? What would be a value to the client to come meet you at the office? What's that say again, David? The wall factor. No, but I want the client. Like from the client's perspective, why should they come meet with you? What's what what's the value you're going to give them that why they should come to the office? They don't they don't care that you have a name on a TV screen. I do care about that part. I do care about that. Right. I mean. I mean, I don't know. It's just like I said. I mean, the experience. So this, this, well, this is what the. So here's this is where I want to stop this right here is because, like, if you don't know what your values are as an agent and how you're going to provide value to this client, you guys need to polish up on these skills, and that's that's what I want you to take away from this. If you don't know, if you can't name off three or four values as to why this person oh, should see. come meet with you, you need to have that ammo. You need to have that bullet for your gun because you are going to get pushback. And you are right, though. One of, one of those reasons, one of those bullets, is a point of differentiation. Because yes. 4,800 agents will meet them at right. that one house. Absolutely. You would be the one that's like, hey, I don't work that way. I'll be honest with you. I mean, if you, if I was like, oh, man, I got a pain right here, and there's 4,800 doctors, and they're like, yeah, I'll definitely. 
And then one doctor is like, no, listen, it, it could be serious. I need you here. This is why. Because I don't take this lightly. I really appreciate you reaching out. I'm sure you've read my reviews and you've seen my 750 sales in the last 24 <laughs> days. You know, it, blah, blah, blah. So I'm just going to pepper it with, you obviously know this because I'm awesome and these are the things I do and this is why you should be working with me. Like, my clients appreciate the fact that I put all the ducks in the row so that when we submit that offer, the chances of you getting accepted because the listing agent has confidence in past transactions with me because I've done this. Are you okay with that? And then you go, yeah, sure. And then you come down. So, but so he's right. If, if you don't know what your value is, then there's no way that you can. Right, otherwise you're just a commodity. The, the general public looks at us as commodities, guys. So like how you differentiate, differentiate yourself from everybody else is what's gonna, it's, it's, it's gonna be the difference, right? So like for me, it could be education. Yeah. They should make, they may meet with you because of education or they meet because of you're saving time, right? Or you're meeting because you've got some off-market homes you wanna show them they don't have access to. You know I mean, these are, these are I don't wanna call them traps, but these are, these are reasons are, for them that come in to see you. They're referred to as value adds. Yes. That's, that's our industry term, value add. I love that. I was just going to say your confidence. Like you can, you can talk to somebody on the phone and get kind of a, a rough idea of who they are, but until you actually see them face-to-face, -face, the eye contact, the whole thing, your value pitch is like you are an uh, advocate for them out on the street, and so when they look at it and they go, who is going to be like advocating for me? Who's going to be out there like pushing the boundaries, negotiating, doing all that? You get an opportunity to do that right there at your office, and you're at your own home court. So yep. you can be ready and roll. Yep. And that's what I like. Ultimately, what they're looking for is somebody to, to take away their pain, somebody they trust. Yep. And if you can do it at the beginning of the relationship, you can do it through the whole thing. Yes, sir. Like, yeah, so I, I've got a couple of questions here. It's kind of related to everything we're talking about. But um, do you guys time block for buyer consultations? And then when someone... And there's a process, and you guys have bigger teams, right? And so you guys have a process when a lead comes in that your RP1 or whomever may immediately go to talk, schedule you for that consultation, and they'll vet to some degree some of the details. I'll, I'll, share, I'll share my, well, how it works on my team. So, yeah. Well, I, the reason I ask that okay. also is because as a lender, we seem to, like, we're, we're, we're about to go to an appointment to meet you. And it's like, I got a buyer that just popped up. I got to go show them this house, right? That right. happens like, and that's either just what they're selling, saying or whatever. And I just always, and I realize with the smaller realtors, Correct. they probably don't have any of the time blocking or a team or any of that. And they're always running on the thing. But um, well, it also depends on how you close them. So like, so I was going to talk about this. So like, so when you're closing for the appointment, it's like, I've got 2 p.m. today or 4 p.m. tomorrow, which one works for you. You don't give them the option. How many people, how many people are, I mean, I'm, I know I've been guilty of it too. I'll say, okay, what time are you available? Now you're at their mercy, right? As opposed to taking control. Like I'm just, I'm all about trying to keep the ball in my court. And to answer your question about the, uh, the structure part of it. So when a lead comes into my team and we track this, they have to be contacted within three minutes, period. Um, my sales, so my RP, there are technically RP2s. Now they're, they're, they're RP2s in training for me. That's who's working the phones, okay? Just, just for, these are just for the cold leads, ad leads. Um, however, they have access to my calendar and all my salespeople calendar. So, and they all, we all have time blocked off on our schedule so they can, they can schedule that up, whatever that looks like. Like I'm big about having, if you, you've been coached by me, I'm big about having a structured morning. So I don't, I just don't, I don't start taking appointments like that till afternoon. Hmm. I like that. Yep. 
Yep. Yes, sir. Hold on for one second. We want to hear that. The baby goal for uh, um, like a lender is to pre-approve. So like if I get a lead that comes in, it's weaving, you know, in a conversational way, their income assets credit so that I can get it over to you. Um, I'm not Neil, like her, we have a friend named Neil who's like really good at social media, but a lot of my leads that I get from social media, I screen and I give to the real estate agent. And um, in my market, Sacramento, California, there's not really agents that, like I didn't know what their baby goal was. So two weeks ago, my, uh, one of my A's was like, hey, there's this thing, MetroList. I'm like, yeah, MLS, but I'd never seen it in my life, 20 years. And uh, he showed me, he's like, here's my logins. Like, he showed me that you could put people on like a drip to send, you know, the client homes and they can accept or reject. Is that the baby goal? Because if that's the case, then I think it, would it make sense for me to just go ahead and get the client straight into the portal, right? And then, then, then my team can follow up with them just so we can get speed to contract. Like, what's the baby goal? What's what's your version of pre-approve? Is what I'm saying. Is it? What's your what's the realtor's version of pre-approval? Is there a difference between a pre-approval and a pre? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so. So, and, and Sonny, I'm, I'm, yes, absolutely. So if you look, if you look at my script, my, I'm not trying to jump on here, but if you look at my script, I, that specific question in my script is, are you paying cash or are you getting financing? Yeah. All right. I'm not going to make the assumption that they're going to get financing, but I'm going to ask them that question. And if they say no, I'm like, well, cool. I got this great letter, Cherry Creek Mortgage. So I'm going to send them your way. They'll take good care of you. I yeah. leave it at that. And I move on to the next question. Or if oh, I do, no, I, I am pre-approved. Like, cool, well, who are you pre-approved pre with? I don't dig too deep into those questions because once I get them in person, then I'm going to hammer them in person. For the, I want to make sure they're talking to my people. So to answer your question, if my lender says they're good, I trust it. It may not work for everybody, but in, in, in my world, if I, if I send my, one of my people to my lender, I know they're good. So. Yeah, and it's, it's the same. Um, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, man, I mean. No, and, and people coming in. You've got I'm people coming in. Oh, okay. and I can't get the realtor to get them into a contract because, oh. right? So I'm now, for control purposes, taking the, the deal out of the realtor's hand and going in their MLS in their logins right. and putting them into the portal. You're, crea oh, you're creating a drip. You're doing it. You're yes. creating a oh, drip wow. for them yeah. is what you're yeah. doing. Wow, you're full service, bro. Yeah. How do I, what's the... <laughs> Actually, they're taking advantage of you because they suck. I'll get my license in Sacramento. Yeah, no kidding. If you want. I call Mike half the time. Yeah. Like when he's having dinner. <laughs> Seriously, we're, we're an hour and a half away. I'll, I'll open an office and you got I see what you're saying. So when I have my face-to-face -face consultation, I'm, I'm doing that right in front of them. I'm, I'm, I'm creating that portal right, right in front of them. Face-to-face appointment schedule? That's what I, I mean. What's the baby I mean, I think probably there's, there's probably a lot of, there's a lot going on there. Probably needs to be, I would take these group of realtors, whoever you have, and I would sit down and have some sort of training with them or something. Or, or if you guys are going to reciprocate business, I, you tell them this is how I need you guys to do it on your end. Here's how I'm going to do it on my end and have those conversations. Because I've never heard of a lender doing that. That's, that's kind of crazy to me. It's actually illegal. It's awesome. I think it's great for you. But if, if you want to know, any, any licensee that gives out their MLS login is subject to not only fines but discipline. Yeah. In, in all honesty. <laughs> what was your name again, sir? The reason the reason well what what was happening is before before the Zillows and Redfins and they all had the IDX exchange and all that, 
you had people that were logging in as MLS members and then porting out the information. Because the MLS, the value of the MLSs is billions. Because that's the, I mean, that's what the lawsuit with NAR is all about is real estate agents controlling this information. So if somebody said, hey, just plug them in and do, do their drip, right? Go in, circle the neighborhood in Citrus sites, say anything over three bedrooms, uh, under 750,000, punch in their email, and they'll get every listing that comes up, every back on market, every, you know, all of that stuff. If you're doing that, then the real estate agent is, is terribly, terribly off and shouldn't be. I mean, that's just, it, it would blow my mind if somebody did that. Is it like the best, it's like a whale? Oh my gosh. Now, he can have an, an admin assistant that is a member, not, not necessarily a member of the MLS, but pays an MLS fee, it's like $30 a month, and has access to it. Uh, if you want to be like the blow-up lender, you have one of your staff as, hey, every time we get somebody in, we're going to pop them in. But I'm going to tell you, he better not ask for ad reimbursement or right. any other money from you. Because if you want to do it in Reno, dude, I mean, I'll set you up. Just that, that's half the battle right there. So then I was like, what's the next thing? Because I don't know real estate. I really don't. I just don't lending for well, 20 years. You, you shouldn't have to do yeah, that. I mean, that's our... No, no, no. So we'll, but I'm we'll, down. And I'll pick this up later on. Okay. But the more... So the question should be, number one, are you paying cash for this home? How do you plan to finance the purchase? Are you paying cash? Are you doing a 1031 exchange? Or are you financing? And if you're financing, do you already have the financing in place? Do you have a lender you trust? Because I'll tell you what I don't do is I don't steal from, from a lender unless it's online or it's not local. So if, yeah, I've got it, but my lender's in Washington, I'm like, ah, ah. I need a lender that I can call, that, that I can text, that's going to be there. So I would say, hey, that's fine. I don't know your relationship. Could be your brother's, sister's, dad's, uncle. But if you need somebody locally, I've got somebody. And if they say, no, actually, that was my next call, do you know anybody? You don't? Let me give you somebody. I give one card, one phone number, one name. The easiest way for me to do it is start a group text. And the group text starts out with, Sonny, man, hey, listen, I want you to meet Jamal. Jamal is looking to buy in Citrus Heights, about $750,000. He's thinking, but if you could just kind of get with him, hey, Jamal, I'm going to hook you up with, like, the coolest loan guy in town. He'll take great care of you. And then you go, hey, I'll text you on the side, or is it a good time to call? And you take over that. Then you come back, please, please, please come back to me fairly soon and say, this is what's going on. Yes, no, etc. cetera. Uh, like Jeremy said, just take, I just need you to take care of it. Like, don't drop the ball. Don't, don't tell me yes when it's bad, all that. Um, you could, if you've got real estate agent and mortgage or right next to each other, I would have no problem with you sitting in on the initial consultation. That would be a that would be a nice little rapport builder. Yeah, well, no, yeah, totally use sure. the drip. There, it, let me tell you the reason we use the drip. The drip is this is this is the metro area. This room, this table is the neighborhood that they want to be in. They have been using online websites to look at homes. 
Every time they use an online website, there's a little button that comes up that says, see this home, contact agent, uh -huh. et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Those typically don't go to me. So what I want is I want to supply them with all of this information on a daily basis. Anything new comes up, they get it. But I want it to be branded to me. So it has to either go through. So I like to use the HomeSnap app that I send it to them. Um, there are a number of ways to isolate them. But what you're trying to do is you're trying to date somebody and you're taking them out of the club yep. and you're putting them into your car. <laughs> Get out of my dreams. <laughs> now, real, real quick, I want to piggyback on something Mike said too. Billy I, I'd be really careful, and I saw we got some questions, okay? But, um, I'd be really careful, speak, taking the your dating analogy, I'd be real careful having those financial conversations when you just start talking to them in months, two minutes, right? So you're just looking for information, you don't need to start coaching them on financial, you haven't earned the right, you haven't built enough rapport yet to start having those conversations. That's an in-person conversation, for sure. Now, you're, you're, you're testing it, are you approved? Do you have any reason to think you're not going to be approved? That kind of stuff. I love it. Yep, Colin? Um, real quick, just to also wrap up, is for me, I need the information I bring people into the office to get pre-approved, and then my lender, to your point, then qualifies. And I didn't know this until I went behind the scenes with my wife buying, but like what your pre-approval letter comes back and what you want to spend every month can be different. So all of those things then wrap in. Then I can do the, like, if I had a magic wand and put them in a dream state and ask them questions that are no-risk questions for them. Right. But like I have to do the pragmatic process first. But I would like to know, what your guys' unique value adds became, before you became the true whales you are mm -hmm. that brought you in. I mean, you obviously have so much market share. It's easier, not easier, but um, that's more it, of your easy. value add. Right. Yeah, where you're like, I've done 450 houses. For those of us that don't do that kind of units, what were your unique value adds to bring them into the office to start that process? Uh, uh, let me grab the first one because it's the easiest. Um, <laughs> when, I, when I didn't have the market share and I didn't have the overwhelming numbers and all of those things, it came down to personalized service. I am here for, it's you and I against the market. Uh, almost boutique-y, even though I'm not with a, uh, I'm, my brokerage is, is a nationwide, it's not boutique. But the idea was you get me 100%. You could go with me, and I can take great care of you. You could go with Jeremy Larkin if you want, and one of his, I don't know, 50 team members might have time for you. you know, I mean, good luck. Let's call him right now and see what happens. Right? Try calling me right now. I'm right here! You know, that kind of thing. So you, you, it's like anything else. Is you, you have to analyze yes. what your pros are, and, and boom, just blow those up. And I don't badmouth other agents or anything like that. On occasion, if I know that I'm, I'm they're interviewing, we, we're talking to three agents about who's going to represent us. I'm like, oh, what are the names? Oh, no, never heard of that one. What's another name? Yeah. No, I never heard of that. Oh, must be new. Must be new. And, and you can to, take your chances. To, to be honest with you, if, if I were like an individual agent and I were selling real estate right now, I would say if I have anything more than three years of experience, um, you, can, you can have me represent you or half of the agents in the MLS have been licensed for less than two years and all they know is overpay, overpay, waive all your rights, overpay. So if you want to go with guys that have been doing that and they got us into this trouble anyway, you can. Or you can go with me and I'll take great care of you and make sure that you get a price 
that, that is more than fair for you. Because you're not just buying a house for now. You're buying a house for the future. Kevin, you get corny sometimes. Sorry. I like the Kevin, you had a question? Um, my question is, um, once you guys do set the appointment, in between closing that on the phone and them coming in, what are you, what are you doing in preparation? Awesome. Great question. Great question. Mike, you want to start or want me to start? Well, the easiest is, and it can go on, on both the listing and, and the buyer, is after that initial contact, just a quick little video that just says, mm -hmm. hey, James, I'm really excited to see you next Thursday. Um, I forgot to tell you, could you please bring whatever it is um, and do me a favor, respond back. I've got a form you're going to fill out when you're here. But since you're coming in, um, what do you like to drink? And then what's your favorite snack? And then I would have both of those when they come in. That's great. I'm going to write that down. That was a good one. Um, for me, uh, so as soon as, the, as soon as the appointment is booked, whoever the, whoever the agent is that's going to meet with the, the potential buyer, um, they get put in a group text. Okay, it's like, we're so excited to meet you. You're, you're, you're set up for Jeremy at 2 p.m. on March 3rd, whatever it is. Um, it's a cue for me. I respond, and then they also, so, and then they, they uh, confirm the appointment the day before to make sure they're still coming. Um, but yeah, that's that was a great question. Hey, Kevin, always be excited. I can't wait to see you, man. We're very excited about this. I got Jeremy on here. We're gonna tag team this. You got two for the price of one, buddy. And I told him what you what you've got planned, like. Some land, pond, all that. He's he's jacked, and then he comes on. I mean, depending on who you're talking to, yep. but he, he then all of a sudden Jeremy's up there, dude. What's going on? I mean, I don't use the same language that a lot of my young clients use. Like when I get a text and it's like, hey, my guy, and I'm like, what? Oh, you say that to everybody. Cool. Yep. I, I I realize now that a house being lit does not mean it's on fire. <laughs> so. All right, so just, we'll just sum up real quick about the initial contact, then we'll move on. But, you know, you, wanna, you need to find their pain, okay? You need, to, you, need to, you need to create urgency, all right? And then you got to book for that. For me, in my world, you book for that appointment in person. Whether you do it at the house, I prefer to do it in my office. But, you know, you got to do, do a little homework beforehand. The only other comment I was going to make, and Nikki, you are just reminding me of it. Another reason why, like another value add, especially for you ladies, is... Man, you're just going to go meet with some random guy at the house. You know, who knows, man? And especially in today's day and age, like I think there's something in, in particular if you're a female to make sure you're meeting with somebody in a public in a public area before you go meet with them. That's just my my two cents. I've heard too many horror stories. In oh Houston, yeah. So, okay, uh, let's talk about the in-person meeting. All right. So for me, I'm big about doctor nurse. Okay. So for me, when somebody shows up to my somebody shows up to my office. You don't have to have this, but I got a TV. It says, welcome, Mr. and Mrs. Sanders. Um, they've got, we have a little menu, and we've got bottles of water. We've got refreshments, right? So my, my team is trained to see, make sure they get what they want. They get the all about you form initially ahead of time. So they're, they're, they're show, they're, before I ever walk into the room, they're, they're doing the all about you form. Um, and then the uh, who do you know. So they're getting that ahead of time. Um, and then, so there's probably about a five to ten minute delay before I walk into the room. So just like, just like when you go to the doctor's office, right? You're greeted by the nurse, right? The nurse takes all your vitals. So my team does the vitals. Then I walk in and I start closing. The vitals. Do you really weigh them? 
<laughs> I need you on the scale real quick. And breathe deep. Oh, deeper? And, okay, even, good. and even if you don't have a TV, like have it, have like a, you know, like a framed picture, just welcome Mr. and Mrs. Jones, whatever it is, right? Just make, make, it, make them feel special if they showed up to your office, right? Um, and then... Do you, do you have the whole, so uh, um, it sounds like gift and neutral space, your you know, assistant does and then takes them back. You leave five minutes. Do you leave just the all about you form down and have them ask them to fill it out or the whole buyer packet? No, all about you Just form, all about you is the only piece of material on the table. Okay. That's what you did. Yeah. And it's very rare that if for whatever reason, you know, I'll, I'll, like I will grab the all about you form when I walk in. If I notice that there's holes missing in it, then I'm, I'm asking those questions to fill it, to make sure it's 100% filled out. All right. Um, so in the book, it has my actual presentation. This is kind of where the sales part comes in. Like, so if you, the first, first part is, you know, welcome, welcome them to the, you know, welcome them to the, the meeting and we ask for permission to take notes. And the reason why I train my team to do that is so that they can read the script. Because that, that's, that's, that way they're, you know, they can take their eyes off the client for a little bit, make sure that they're, they're staying on track. But that's, that's big to us. Um, and then... Uh, so is this visible to the client? So, so my team, have, they usually carry a clipboard. If I'm on it, I've got, I've got a, I have a clipboard. Um, during that meeting, like I'm, I'm, I'm basically assumptive closing the whole time. I'm assuming they're going to be my client. Sure. They're in the office. I'm, assume, I'm assumptive closing the whole time. I'm going to go through their search. I'm getting their emails. I'm putting, setting their search up right in front of them. I got the TV set up, right? So um, I'm assuming I'm getting that business. Yeah, I would too. Um, but again, you're kind, of, you're kind of rehashing the conversation that you had on the phone. So, and again, we're kind of digging into, again, I, want, I, I can't stress this to you guys enough about finding the pain. Right, the pain is like I'm like I was classically trained in sales by Sandler Sales. Everybody heard of Sandler Sales? Right, it's been it's been a long time, right? Like 15 years ago. So that's how I was trained. They're all about finding the pain. So that makes sense. But um, and again, there, I don't think there's anything earth shattering like earth shattering in my in our uh, script here. Now we are digging into the financing a little bit more, right? Because I want to make sure these are qualified buyers. And, and good. And and this particular moment in time. It's probably not a bad idea to have a, a financing conversation. Correct. And the cause and effect of not just home values, but also interest rates. And I don't know if I would pontificate future changes. Um, you can. A, a nice point of pain is, hey, right now, based on current interest rates, your max budget's 850. Uh, it gets you what was a 950 house. However, they say they may raise them again, and if they get to eight, now all of a sudden you're, you're down here. So what I would suggest is the faster we move, because what I'm, what I'm now pitting is price reductions, which is their fear. They don't want to buy a declining asset versus their loss of ability to perform. Because if interest rates go up, their buying power goes down. Um, homes don't go down as fast. Yep. So I'm going through their wants and needs figured out what they're looking for in a house, then I, then I start digging into agency. So in, in Texas, we have, we have buyer's agency. The whole point of this meeting is I want them to sign my buyer representation agreement. I want, I want, I want them to have a commitment with me. And uh, so I'm go, we're going over agency. If I start getting pushback, then it becomes closing time. And I'm sharing my value proposition. Here's why you want to work with me. Like, I close 12 deals a month. Like, I'm the kind of guy you want to negotiate for you, correct? Is that right, Chad? That's right. right that's right. So that's, I mean, that's, that's, how, that's how I run it. We, we do get pushback. I'm not going to say it's perfect every time, 
But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just piggyback on uh, Rick Ruby for a second, talking about the lower the bar close. I will tell you, I close 90% of my deals with the lower the bar close. Hey, listen, Mr. Buyer, I know that I have not built enough trust with you at this point, and you're not ready to commit with me. And I, listen, I understand, six months, that's a long time, okay? How about you try me out for two weeks? Try me out for two weeks, nothing to lose. If you don't like my services, then we just move on. And I will tell you, almost 100% of the time, I get them to sign it right then and there. So especially you guys in Texas that have buyer rep, buyer rep agreements, that's, that's how I close it a majority of the time. Yep, yep exactly. Yep. And, and in your book, there's a form. It has my name at the top of it. And then my brokerage is blocked out because it's blocked out. Um, but it says honor form. So we'll use that one because it's easier. Uh, and, but then you'll also see a page or two later um, is the state duties owed form, which is we have, we have three forms. One is, hey, I'm going to work for you. You're going to do these things for me. Like if you're going to walk into a sales office for a builder, call me because I want to show up. Right. Um, so things like that. That, as soon as they sign, is a commitment. And, and once I can get that mental, I mean, that's really all I need most of the time. The second one says, this is what I'm going to do for you. This is how I have to treat everything in a transaction. And then the third one would be an actual buyer representation form, which I do not have in this, in this booklet. But it says, I am going to work for you. You are my client. I get X percent of whatever you buy for the next you know, within the next three years or whatever. whatever it is. I, I can't say percent. I can't say numbers. So I can put that number in there and then we simply tell the buyer, hey, most likely whatever's offered in the MLS is going to offset this. But if we come across a for sale by owner, and, and I'm, I'm intentionally pausing right here because I'm just, there's a good chance that I find something that isn't on the market because you're hiring me because I'm good and I'm going to work really hard for you. If I just happen to find something that doesn't offer out commission, you're willing to make up the difference. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if we work that out and I'm negotiating for you, it'll be more than worth your time and effort. You're just opposed, baby. I'm just, I'm just tired of people in this business to spin their wheels and not make money. I mean, I'm here to make money. And if, if you want to do it and you can do it, let's do it. Yep, I agree. I agree. should have seen me in the club. Joke. It's a joke. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yes. The, the psychology of you at that time when the buyer's in front of you, the TV's on, you've got the assumptive, assumptive clothes on with their Mr. and Mrs. Richardson and this, the search well, going. I don't have it. Yeah, I mean, assumptive clothes. I'm just assuming anybody that walks in is going to be my client. That's I got you. I got you. Right? So you got their language as Yeah, such. you got their name on it, so it feels personable, yeah. right? At that time, how would you feel if there was like a, a mini app, like a mini application that you'd have them fill out because you know they're going to be in your office for 40 minutes and you go, hey, you mind if Julie from my office real quick emails us over to my guy and we can have an approval by the time we're done with this? Or, or is the psychology like, hey, I don't want to mess with that because I'm trying to close this deal right now and get that, that buyer broker exclusive sign. That's my baby goal. That's my victory today. What's the psychology? My number one goal is to get them to commit. Now I will tell you though, but when I'm in that appointment, if we had time, guys, like I would go through the whole presentation. It's just the problem no, is like, right there's so many there's so many intricacies to it, right? So I'm kind of rushing through that part. But if 
if they're willing to, I feel, if I get a good feel for it, I will call the lender on the spot and have them go over it, it introduce them on the spot. I have a, with my lender, I have, we call it the bat phone as a joke, but they know if I'm calling, it's something serious. So I, I just want, the only reason I ask is I just want to see if I can narrow the intricacies, like the steps, because if you don't, and let's say you close that, your next step is to group text based on what you said, the lender. But then if that lender is like family time or whatever, right? right. Then the next, then it could bleed the next day. Now they have second thoughts. I just was, I was wondering if you guys already had a scenario and where you're like, no, this is how we do it. And it's faster approving. It's faster to the contract finish line. Sorry, and I will tell you that we typically don't, it, it's here, go here, but if my preferred lender gave me, let's say, an iPad that had the website, and I could simply hand it to them, and they just punched in a couple things, and then they press send, and the, the screen clears, I don't see their income, I don't see their debt, I don't see that, and I say, hey, just, I'll give you, you drink your Dr. Pepper, and, and your Fritos, and, and just fill this out real quick. I'm gonna go down the hallway and do some stuff. I, I really don't wanna get into your finances. I mean, if you wanna share, that's great, but I don't need it. My lender does, and here's the easiest way to, like I could text you the app and I could do all that, but if I just hand it to them and they go got a little keyboard, off, done, takes five, 10 minutes. I don't typically do that. Yes. Yeah, but the yeah, but the case with that is oh, yeah, I got a beautiful link, and it's even domained, and it's keyword search nine one six mortgage dot com, right? But uh, but plug. the the whole purpose of it is to yeah, it was not a shameless plug. That was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. But, but, shameless about it for sure. <laughs> but no, but like even if you're sending a link, it's another step, right? If like so, I and I was generally asked that question because he they do a lot of transactions, and I wanted to see if I can't. Dude, I've been doing lending for 20 years. I can't be a realtor. I don't know what a realtor's thinking, and that's why I'm in this class. I'm trying to figure out if the realtor's scared, if they push financing too early, that they may have, may have made this person not commit to an $800,000 home, or if are they, is the, it sounds like the goal is to get a buyer broker exclusive with the agency at that moment, and then after that get, and, and the main goal is to get them in your office. That's Correct. the goal. That's my goal, and then, and then in turn, like I'm counting on the fact whoever my partner is, my, my lender partner, I'm counting on the fact that they're gonna close that deal once I turn that over to them. I, I'm trusting their problem, I wouldn't be in business with him. I wouldn't refer him, I didn't think he'd get the job done. So, I, I, and, and I'm gonna talk about this, because the, the last part I wouldn't talk about is the follow-up. I know we have, we have about five minutes to talk about something. I just wanna talk about the follow-up. You got some mic, Ben? Well, actually, I was gonna say, do any of you, by, raise your hand if you do, do you guys have, like, this is the way we do it when it comes to that, and it works really well for us? You do? Okay, well, share. Go ahead, Go ahead. really loud. So we, we run them through a buyer consultation where we do a needs analysis because we want to, particularly if it's a, if it's a family or it's a couple, we want to get uh, both shareholders or both, you know, both spouses together so that they're on, um, have, have aligned expectations. Because a lot of times you talk to one of them and the other one wants something totally different, right? So that's, that's one thing is to get the, the family members aligned in terms of what their expectations and wants and needs are. And then we can better tailor the search to their needs because we understand them better. Um, and then part of the, that consultation process is to ask where they are with the financing. And then we will pair them with a lender that we think is best suited 
uh, for their particular needs. But you know, is, is there any call to action at that particular moment? Yeah, so, uh, well, it's either to put them straight into the online loan application, uh, get them that link directly where they can fill it out, and, and then we give them a hard deadline. Okay, your, uh, the next steps from here is for you to fill out this application. We just sent you the link. If you can get that filled out tonight, we'll have a pre-approval letter to you within you know, 24, 36 hours, whatever. Sure. And, then, and then our step is to go out and tour on this date, and we need that letter before that first tour. So that gives them a hard stop on getting the approval in place. We need that letter before that date yeah. because on occasion sellers request that the buyer have the pre-approval. Precisely. So I, I, don't want, I don't want you to not see any houses that day. Right. I need that pre-approval. Well, my, and in the event that... They, they send a link and all of a sudden they went to Quicken because... So what, I, what I'm saying is there is most likely some value in, hey, we're here and we're doing this. Take five to ten minutes. Let's get this done. Yeah, so, so the steps are... are Next step is to fill out the application. When are you available to go tour some properties? They say, you know, Saturday at 10 o'clock. You go, great. We're going to do that. In the meantime, I need you to fill this out. We'll get the pre-approval letter turned around. We need to have it no later than 3 o'clock on Friday. Yeah, love it. Yeah, that's great. Now, Anybody else? Only, only thing I was going to piggyback on to help you out with that is I'm also counting on the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm in control of the situation, right? So I'm telling them my lender's gonna contact them. I think it's really weak if you, le you let the buyer say, oh yeah, you guys should call my lender, here's our number. You know, I don't wanna be referred that way as an agent. I, you know, I, I, want, I want to be in control of making that phone call. So what I like about doing it that way, it gives the lender permission to follow up. And, and you know, I, I'd say my lender's really good, and I mean, they're ruthlessly following up. So, especially today. And, and to, to piggyback <laughs> on that real quick, you can go to your, you can go to your preferred lender and say, hey, Kevin, in, in 15 minutes, I've got the Johnsons coming in. So if you could just kind of keep your phone ready for me, just in case, because if I pull you up, it's going to be on speaker, you're going to be with them, and we have it all rehearsed, you know, and say, hey, Kevin, I'm, I'm, this guy, I can get him on the phone whenever I want. This is your lender. He just answered, you know, it was all prepared, but perception is reality to a client, and, and you doing some, some stuff in the background, like getting them a diet Dr. Pepper and having Fritos because you, you know that's what they love and, and going, hey, and they were, whoa, my God, this guy's mind-blowing. It wasn't mind-blowing. You had the system, the structure, the process, and you simply did what you were told. Yeah. So last thing I want to share, we have about five minutes, and we got, we'll leave about 10 minutes for more Q&A, okay? Call so we talked, about, we talked about initial, initial contact. We talked about the face-to-face -face meeting. And now the follow-up, okay? So for me, in my world, follow-up looks like Remember, as soon as they leave my office, they're getting an honor call from me. They're either getting an honor call or an honor video. All right, and that's whether it's a buyer, that's whether it's a buyer presentation or a seller presentation, they're getting something from me immediately. So I'm honored that they're, you know, they decide to share their time with me. I'm honored that they're doing business with me. Yeah. Um, I also send them a gift. So I do, in, in, in my market, we have what's called tip treats or, you know, whatever. And I heard of Crumble, I guess I heard that today. It's a cookie delivery company. So we're, we're doing something like that to honor them for spending that time with me. Again, just solidifying that relationship. Send that thank you card. And then a thank you card. Thank you card. I love yep. that. Yep. Then send the thank you card. Do you do anything cool. outside of that, Mike? What do you do for follow-up? No, it's, it, it's basically the same thing. Um, I'll throw videos in there. Yep. That's, yeah. And then, for, especially for the realtors in the room, 
once they sign a representation agreement with me, now they're on my Tuesday update calls as well. So mm. now, no matter what, I'm, I'm, I'm making those phone calls every Tuesday to see where they're at. I want to make sure they're followed up with the lender, make sure they've got, they've got their pre-approval, whatever. Wherever they're at in the transaction, now they're a client of mine because they yeah. signed that rep agreement. Well, and then they'll get, they'll get your, you go into the database, so yep. they'll also get the videos on a weekly All, basis. Yep. That's right. Um, another, another little thing is, is depending on, shoot, we have to have that conversation about pricing, don't we? Uh, yes. Another little thing would be, I know that this was the area that, you know, a week or two into the search, and it's just the right house hasn't come up. So this is your area. I'll grab a house from here, and I grab a house from here, and say, hey, I know I just talked to you two days ago, and there's nothing new on the market, but these kind of these are kind of cool houses and neat little neighborhoods, and I thought maybe you, if you're interested, let me know. No big deal. Um, Zillow has, a, has an AI on the back end that monitors... Zillow thinks at some point in time everybody's going to have a Zillow account and they're going to track everything. The data behind that company is absolutely incredible. The data within showing time is absolutely incredible. They own both of them. Their AI will, it already is, kind of saying, hey, Kevin, you've, you've looked at all these houses, um, but you haven't looked at this house. And based on what other buyers have done, you might like this house. Realizing that by, you can't say buyers are liars, it's not necessarily true, but sometimes what they tell you is, is this is the criteria. Like the ones that say, I would never own a two-story home, and then after three months, you're right. in contract, <laughs> two-story home, so that kind of thing. Um, anything else on this particular topic? Good. Yeah, I guess this ties into that because I used to be really good at explaining how we get paid, why you don't want to walk into the builder without me. But do you guys get into the weeds of like here we have Zillow Flex and it's just like Redfin. Click to see this home and presto, your Zillow agent calls you. And do you guys go through that during the buyer presentation and really educate them on that? Once I get the buyer, I'm in 100% control. I, I, I cut off Zillow. There's, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be their only point of communication. And, and it's, it's simply an honest conversation of, hey, listen, if you go to one of those websites, um, don't click the, whatever you do. You see something, I'm going to send you a link to HomeSnap, and it's the MLS yep. app. It'll, yep. It might take a little while because it's a little different, which I just want them off the main freeway. Correct. Um, so anything, I, we are extremely transparent about how we get paid, who pays us, um, what the expectation is, and then, hey, listen, I represent you. I don't want you to find yourself. The worst that could happen is you walk into an open house and the listing agent or whoever's holding it is really good and starts asking you questions and you divulge something that makes you vulnerable. I don't want that. So you see something that's of interest, text me, call me. You've got two of us. One of us is going to be available. We want you taken care of and protect. You know, it's, it's it's simply that reinforcement. We, okay. we as an industry, and I don't mean you guys, you guys are probably the exception, but we have a tendency to be fearful of those kinds of conversations because they're, they're vulnerable and they're honest. And like, nobody wants to talk about their pay, and yet it's, it's our livelihood, right? So why not? Why not just get naked really quick and say, hey, look, here's the deal. This is how I get paid. I really, I'm going to take great care of you. In fact, I'm probably not going to cost you anything, so I'm going to get paid by the seller. But these are the rules, and I don't want you to get in trouble. Eric, I think Colin had a question. Colin, yeah, yeah. You still remember that question, bro? Um, so 
obviously we've transitioned from order takers to having to be actual salespeople now. Um, what are you guys doing? It seems like the number one thing to get people off the fence is really digging into their why. And some people say, like, you got to ask it like five sure. to seven times. How are you guys finding it the most effective to find that why so then you can press on it to actually make a transaction? Because sometimes it's like, yeah, I mean, we have seven, eight um, pre-approvals with our lender, but it's like just everybody's educating in fear. But it's that why it seems like that's pushing them off the fence. How about the why should they buy? Yeah, okay. like you okay. said, it's like well, you want to be within one. ten minute drive. I mean, like, like. I will share my exact script. Okay. Okay. So uh, today's interest rates markets were around seven percent. Is that a fair fair statement? Okay. So I've had plenty of buyers, I've had plenty of buyers come to me and say, "Well, we're just going to wait till the till the rates drop, maybe around five percent or something like that." So I said, "Okay. Well, let's do some math. All right, with the whole the whole tone of this summit's math, right? So." Uh, called a $400,000 house. It's realistic for me to think I can get a 5% discount in this market. I right? call it $20,000. Okay, so I start looking at, at a $400,000 amount finance. The difference between seven and 5%. It would take that or that that delta that they're going to save would take 41 months, 41, three and a half years to equal the discount they can get in today's market. So the question is, what's more important, the sales price or the interest rate? And actually, I'm going to give Kevin, my man Kevin Rogers here uh, some credit because he came to my site visit, and I'm, now I've been using this almost all the time, is you get one chance at sales price, you're just, you're just borrowing the rate. One chance at sales price. So I'll give you another example. I had helped a client last week, uh, it was an $860,000 house, I got, it, I got it wrapped up for $740,000. Started doing the math on the, the difference of interest, it would take 10 years for them to save that mountain interest if they were to wait as opposed to the $120,000 discount they got on the front end. Does that make sense? So basically what, what that presentation is, you're paying a premium, which is interest rate. You're, pay, you're paying a higher premium for a lower price. And if I take that difference in what your payment would have been and what your price, you would have bought a house at 3% for $900,000, but instead you're going to buy a $785,000 house for 7.5. Now here's what we're going to do. We're also, not, not only are we going to beat the seller up on price, we're also going to beat them up on concession. So we're going to buy down that interest rate a little bit. We're going to get a 3 2 one buy down. And Sonny's going to contact you as soon as rates hit 5.5, which they will. I mean, it may not be right now, maybe 6, 12 months. But when that happens, he's going to refinance you down. And then when they come down to four and a half, he's going to refinance you again. And he's going to take you back out 30 years. Which is going to, we're eventually going to get that, that monthly payment well, kind of close. Like nobody's going to get two and a half, three percent. Not in the next are, 10, 20 years. And if they do, the economy is going to have to be so freaking bad that the, the Fed allows it to happen. Like, do you, well, can you imagine? You know, so it's it's just a, the the fact of the matter is is this, and I'll do it really fast. Hold on, Jeremy. Don't, yep. Don't do it. Okay. Time, value. Now, the movement of the market. There's two thousand eight. I mean, at some, how long are you going to stay in the house? And would you rather owe a lot, and and have smaller payments 
or would you rather owe less and have a little bit bigger payments yeah. that you can always refinance? It's similar to dollar cost average. Mike's a big stock guy, right? I so love like, like, so listen, I'm down probably 20% in my portfolio, right? So if, if, if I'm already 20% down and I'm just hoping that it bounces back to even, well, I didn't make any money. I'm just back to even, right? So the, the, it's the same thing in real estate. You want to buy when it's down here. That way you're catching that appreciation on the way back up because when rates go down, values go up. Right, so, you go, so the idea is to catch that appreciation is more valuable. So I'm just probably, there's not a, there's not a math equation out there that makes any sense for somebody to wait for the rates to go down two percent before uh, to, that would outweigh any sort of discount you can get in today's yeah. market. And and um, if you guys could real quick, um, if you take your your things and turn them over and do the scan, if you, if you don't mind, because Eric, if Eric doesn't get ninety five percent participation in the scores, he gets in trouble. So he's like, please don't get me in trouble. I don't want Rick to yell at me. And I'm like, I'd rather he yell at you than me. So, <laughs> hey guys, if you, if you guys listen, if you guys got four or five good tactics from us today, please honor us by giving us a five. If you no, need some improvement, it. please come see us. We'll be glad to hear your. And we'll hang out if if yep. anybody is like, hey, specifically, how can I do this? Or. You don't really understand how to do it, like. Eric, Eric, I'll help you. Yeah, I'll gladly fill it out for you. Yeah, if you. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> if you scan it and you're logged in, then it goes to like my itinerary. <laughs> Yes, I have, a, I have an information packet they take away. It's got my resume in it. It's got my resume. It has the buying process. If you, if you, if you email me, I'll gladly send it to you. My, my itinerary. That's where it is. Thank you, guys. Appreciate y'all. That was great questions, guys. Great questions. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Core Sales Training Bootcamp. For registration information about our two-day business building summits, call one 800 660-6670 or find us on the web at thecoretraining.com.